welcome to another Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. I got to sail around a lot, have some good adventures with everyone. We didn't get much information this week, so I'm going to cover the notes on the update as well as some news about Forsaken Shores, cargo runs, your stories, my stories, that and more on this week's episode of Keelhauled. First up on today's docket, the weekly dev update video came out and no patch update this week. The focus has instead been fixed on polishing Forsaken Shores. With Forsaken Shores coming, the campaign will be focused around finding out more information about the first crews that ventured into the Devil's Roar. They're using this time to work out just how they plan to go about developing and testing future content to really ensure that there are as few bugs being introduced as possible. They've started working on the next Bilge Rat adventure. I'm very curious to see what new cosmetics they have in store for these. We've already seen some data mined content, but we don't know if that is going to be for future content or for Bilge Rat Adventures. Still kind of up in the air about that. I'm very curious to find out if the new Bilge Rat Adventures are going to be based in the Devil's Roar or one of the original seas, or maybe even both. Because this week is just an extension of the current content, there wasn't much information as they're keeping things close to the chest going into Forsaken Shores. Hopefully, towards the last half of the three-week campaign, we can start to get more information about the next Bilge Rat Adventure, as well as the potential name and content for future updates. As it stands, we know nothing about the next three content updates, as of last time we heard about what the content updates were, it was in April when they did their first like kind of announcement of the next three updates, and then the following three updates at the end of the year. Because things have been pushed and stretched throughout this year, I imagine we're not going to get all of the content we expected. Uh, I know I've said this a few times, so I'm just kind of repeating myself at that point. But hopefully with the Forsaken Shores coming out, we'll finally get some information about what the next content update is and potentially what it may bring with it. Next item on today's docket, International Talk Like a Pirate Day may be delayed. This takes me to some sad news. Unfortunately, International Talk Like a Pirate Day may have to be postponed. In the developer update form that I talked about in last week's episode, Joe writes to us about the progress of Forsaken Shores. As most of you know, this is the first update we've gotten that has been worked on since shortly after launch. And because of the amount of content we can expect coming, it's understandable that there will be a lot of testing to be done. However, there are a few things we should keep in the back of our minds. Number one, this content has not been made available to the pioneers for very long. In fact, some of it has yet to be introduced to the pioneers for testing. Number two, they have not been playtesting this build internally the whole time. There's been a lot of work leading up to it, and they've probably had a few months or so to develop everything, test it, see how it works, and then maybe a month or so of testing. Number three, they're adding a lot of new islands that will most likely have some weird spots. They're going to have some some places where you're going to get stuck, so just be aware of that and not too upset if it does happen. Number four, the map is expanding, and that's going to require a lot of technical work to smoothly transition players from area to area. It's just like when you sail between 
any of the islands and you come across like the wilds and everything shifts. Everything's going to have to shift when we travel from one area to the Devil's Roar. And that takes a lot of technical work to be done. Number five, the time has been split to not only testing new voyages, but the rowboats as well as cargo runs. We still have all new riddles, X marks the spots, skeleton captains, and animals per island to deal with when in development. These are just the top five things I can think of off the top of my head. That being said, it should be understandable that things will pop up during testing that need to be addressed before the content goes live. Based on my comments last week about Rare needing to be more comfortable with pushing releases to ensure quality, I'm sure you can imagine my surprise when I heard that Forsaken Shores might get pushed back a few days. Now, this is something that I'm used to in regards to patches. Not every patch comes on a specific day, though I imagine most of the time they try to get them out on a Tuesday. Back in May, I thought this would have been worked out and they would have had a solid schedule for bug patches, but that was before I knew we were going to be getting Bilge Rat Adventures. Each update comes with challenges, and I'm surprised that Rare is willing to push back International Talk Like a Pirate Day to ensure a smooth launch for Forsaken Shores. The logistics around that must have been insane, and I appreciate all the hard work they must have put in to make sure that we can freely talk like a pirate on a day outside of the normally scheduled day when Forsaken Shores is launched. Of course, this is all still very much up in the air right now, the post by Joe wants to ensure everyone in the community, and I'm 100% behind him on this, that they are working weekends and long hours during the week to get us this free content on time. I can't imagine how tough of a choice it was to know that two weeks ago you were asked the release date at Gamescom, and although the promotional material has had that set date, just like Joe, I would hate to have to postpone an episode of the show knowing that everyone expects a keelhauled episode every Monday. Hopefully, Pioneers have had a chance to dive into the content this weekend so that Rare has the feedback they need to address any issues that would cause problems at launch. We're just a few days away from release, and I'm really excited to see this new world and try my hand at the rowboat. I've already been excited thinking about how different my Athena's voyages will be post-launch. There have been so many times where I have launched myself to an island to go digging up chests while the rest of the crew sails to the next island to work on skeletons or riddles, and having a rowboat available to me would change how much time is needed for them to sail back to pick up the chests. I can't wait to act as like an independent agent on a ship with a rowboat as my personal escape vehicle, leaving me on an island with six chests and the ability to load up everything and, and, and make my way to the ship. That's exciting. I can't wait for that. There's one thing I wish I could choose with this, and that's being able to choose my respawn location. While I'm pretty good about staying alive on an island alone dealing with skeletons, I would hate to get killed or stuck and being transported unwillingly back to my ship. If I had, say, I don't know, like a medallion, say, say a scorched hot medallion in the shape of a flame that I could wear, that I, that I would be able to tie my soul to a vessel, allowing me to choose where I come back from, from the Fairy of the Damned, well, <laughs> that would be amazing. Next item on today's docket, 
Let's talk about cargo runs. So this was one of my favorite videos. We start the video with introducing the rare staff, John, internal air 86 McFarlane, Shelly, resident veg Preston, and James, big sheep Thomas. Join us as they break down what cargo runs are, what to expect with the update, and just how they will change the landscape for players not currently excited with the Merchant Alliance. By the way, you're crazy if you don't love them. Especially you, Captain J. I'm looking at you, buddy. I saw your last video. Yeah, you make the most gold from these. It's almost criminal. And before I get back to the video, I just want to say as a lifelong Nintendo fan, I was in awe of James. His He has tattoos. He has Nintendo controller port tattoos on his right forearm. And if you didn't get to see the video, he has the original NES, the SNES, the N64, and GameCube female ports tattooed on his arm. It looks amazing. Really cool, I have to say. Makes me want to get the leaf-powered Super Mario the, from Super Mario Brothers 3 that I have on my back touched up and kind of expanded on. I've always wanted to do more with my, my Mario. Mario Nintendo tattoo. Okay, so back to the video. First thing they talk about is probably one of the one thing that that has been lacking in the game, and that's NPCs. To, to put it plainly, there aren't NPCs in the world outside of the outposts and campaigns. Outside of Merrick and Salty, the only characters in the world who you interact with are found on outposts. Well, no more. The world is expanding and so is the population in Sea of Thieves. I love this idea. In fact, I love it so much that I hope that this is just a start. I want... I want forts. I want villages of cannibals trying to eat me and take my stuff. I, I, I want ports full of dirty pirates drunk and chasing after pigs that have gotten loose. I want docked ships that are passing through that have time-limited cosmetics that are only present while the ship has made port. When they leave the Sea of Thieves, the opportunity to get exotic cosmetics leaves with them. That just sounds awesome to me. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. So we're getting NPCs out in the world on islands we we already have they're going to be at points of interests for these cargo runs and they'll make requests for different types of goods to start there are going to be three types of cargo though this new system gives us the opportunity to expand this to other types of items possibly more dangerous ones the three types makes sense enough for a pirate. You've got rum, you've got cloth, and you've got plants. Uh, rum is going to be different from the typical grog we drink on a regular basis, and there's no word yet if we'll be able to partake of this rum or if it's just an item that we transport. The trick behind the rum bottles is that it's possible to break the bottles, and if you aren't careful enough with them, breaking them will depreciate their value. So make sure you try to avoid jumping too much or dropping them from a high place. Luxurious cloth rolls will be another type that needs to be kept dry, something that you can do with caves or big trees during a storm, and something I imagine will be tough unless you're able to get a rowboat to protect them from the ocean water. Now, one thing Shelley did mention was that when they're in the water, they will soak up the water. So I'm curious if there's a little bit of time that will give you a chance to swim from shore to ship or from ship to shore. And it looks like the Creative Rum can stand a couple of jumps before it shatters. And I'm wondering if maybe there's just a little bit of time between when cloth gets hit by water that it's still protected and it doesn't necessarily damage it. Which takes us to the third and possibly the easiest to handle, the plants. It's an interesting choice for something to be transported, but I know tea, sugar, coffee, and many other types of fruit come from plants, so 
if we're successful enough with these cargo runs, maybe it's possible that we could start seeing different types of fruit in the game or something other than grog to drink with the rum bottles. One thing I am curious to know more about revolves around the plants for cargo runs. We know that if they aren't watered, they will wilt and die, but in the video it shows them sitting around on an island. This this makes me wonder, when do they start to die? Is it when you arrive to the island? How about when you, you pick them up? Maybe it isn't even until you, you take them back to the ship. Similar to pigs in the game, this is something that requires attention, but at least with the pigs, you don't have to start caring for them until they're caged. I mean, you don't have to care for the pigs. You could be one of those monsters that cages pigs and leaves them on a rock uh, by the beach to die from heat or starvation. It's, it's probably best that you take care of the pigs. At least, that's my official statement if anyone asks about missing pigs on Snake Island last Thursday. Going a little more into the actual voyages for cargo runs, it's really cool that they are opening up merchants' voyages to being of value to other pirates. As it is, prior to Forsaken Shores, there wasn't much of a reason to take chickens, let alone snakes or pigs, from other pirates. You didn't get credit for turning them in. You, even if you knew where you had to take them before a certain time, now, with these delivery notes on each crate, you can get value out of these cargo runs if you happen upon a ship that has them. That is, if you're able to take them without soaking the cloth rolls from the sinking ship or blasting the bottles of rum to pieces with powder kegs or cannonballs. In fact, I think the easiest to be will get plants, since they have a better chance of surviving a ship battle. These being introduced alongside the rowboat does introduce a better way of sneaking up to a ship that's at an island, say, working on a voyage. And being able to sneak up on their ship and take their goods, maybe having your ship on, say, like the other side of the island, waiting to get word that you have the goods. There's so many possibilities with this update, I can't wait. Just an even deeper dive into the video, we got some new footage from the Devil's Roar that gives us Devil's Rum for cargo runs, and the name of the new outpost, the Maro's Peak Outpost, and a new design for voyages that have different colored fields for what the trade company, uh, the voyage is from, who you're collecting the goods for, and from where. So. Maybe this could be a new format for how voyages will be. We'll start getting a little more customization and open it up to different NPCs giving us different stuff for other merchants or say like the gold hoarders or order of souls. I'm curious to know if that's how they're going to start introducing new lines of reputation for pirates and stuff. The last thing I think is really cool about these are the new sea posts. These are going to be small jetties that have a makeshift shop on them. And you can head to these, and they can offer you cargo run voyages. Uh, the example that was given was to pick up an item from Smuggler's Bay and take it to Lone Cove. And you'll find these out in the world. They said that there was probably going to be around three per sea, and some will even have some bargain items from the normal outpost selection that you can pick them up. So if there is something that, say, you're looking for that is at a certain cost, it might be available at one of these outposts at a cheaper rate. You never know. Next up on today's docket, we go to the First Mate's Log on the Keelhauled Podcast Discord server. And this week, we're going to take Mina Ferry. Who says, what have we done? We're turning into the very pirates we try to avoid. Four ships sank at our hands last night. Ship one wanted to dance, 
So I played them some sweet, sweet music. I don't think they liked my tune as their ship sank down, though. Ship 2 found our ship, unattended at Thieves' Haven. We came back from the ferryman to a ship full of holes. They were patched, and an investigation was made as to how they got there. All our powder kegs were gone. Some PvP fighting ensued, with us eventually dispatching them. Not before they helped themselves to a skull, though. We were not going to stand for that, however, and we went in search of their ship. We found it as they were leaving and gave chase. Insufficient damage was done when we caught up with them, and they got away. Undeterred, we followed them. They were not so lucky the next time. Their gloating smiles from selling our skull were soon wiped from their faces with our cannonballs. Now, this is where we took a step on the dark side. After a bit of peace of quiet, we headed for our outpost. On our way, we came across a sloop at an island, and I'm afraid our lust for blood had not quite been quenched. We set about offloading some of our cannonballs, unprovoked, at the sloop. They did not like it, but were resigned that humans are evil. To finish off, a galleon started to follow us as we continued to the outpost. We managed to shake them, and they headed for the ship cloud nearby. After cashing in and scavenging for supplies, we decided to go say hello. An anchor ball and jig ball had them stating it's all over. A peace ball followed by a rain of cannonballs confirmed they were correct. They managed to kill us, though. And when we respawned, the skelly ships had made Swiss cheese of our ship, and it went down. We felt we had caused enough mayhem at that point and called it a night. Thanks for the fun evening, Mileson. This takes me to the captain's log, where I actually had a couple really good adventures this week. Uh, the first one I got to jump in with CJ and Space Oars, or Mike from Canada, and they were calling for help. They were on a brig and they were sailing around, and they had a, a quite a bit of loot, actually. And out of nowhere, a galleon started to chase after them, and this galleon was, you know, th there was no beef between these these two ships before. It was just they happened to be at Ancient Spire, and CJ and Mike were over at Devil's Ridge, I believe it was, before I got there. And they put out a call in Discord for help. And I was sitting down, I was just about to watch an episode of Westworld and just kind of immerse myself in some Western goodness with technology. And I saw on my Apple Watch a notification pop-up that said, We're being chased. And that kind of hit it for me. I, I was like, okay, I got to do something. So hopped online, joined their, their brigantine, asked them what was going on. They kind of gave me a rundown of what was going on, and they were being followed. So I figured, well, this is a perfect opportunity for me to test out my boarding skills. So I jumped off, and I tried to get the galleon one time, and I didn't get the ladder. So I took the mermaid and hopped back up, and I was like, hmm, I'm going to see something real quick. So I went up to their crow's nest, and I found one of CJ and Mike's powder kegs, and I thought... Let's, let's do this. I, I hardly ever get an opportunity to take a powder keg on a ship that's following us. So I jump off and I wait in the water and I'm swimming up there. And sure enough, the pirates that are on the galleon are so focused on the following of us that the only person that really noticed that I even got on the ship was the helmsman. And unfortunately, he wasn't as good of a shot as he could have been. I drop the powder keg at the anchor, drop the anchor, pick up the powder keg, run down to their bottom deck, light it, drop it, stand back a few feet, and wait. The powder keg goes off and the ship begins to sink. And as one by one someone starts to run down, I murder them relentlessly. A pirate legend, then a brave vanguard, 
then a sailor, and eventually the helmsman realizes that things are not going well down below deck. So he comes down to investigate it, manages to get a shot on me. I eat a couple bananas, and as he comes down, two swipes in, he's dead. I'm very satisfied with this. I've managed to sink a galleon that, for no reason, decided to start chasing after some friends of mine to take their gold. So I take the ferry back to... Or I take the mermaid, not the ferry. I didn't die. I take the mermaid back to the ship, and I go below deck for the first time since uh, really getting to the brig. And I notice CJ and Mike have a lot of treasure. (laughs) They have a lot of treasure. And I'm, I'm pretty impressed at this point. I, I thought they had been doing Athena's uh, just, just from the looks of it, but it was just one voyage. So they graciously let me stay on the ship and cash in, and I, I made a lot of gold at that point, all for the price of a powder keg. This is very nice. And I have to say, it's nice having a community that I can actually go to uh, when I want help or if other people need help. And... That didn't even end the story because I was hanging out. They left. I, I hung out on the brig and I was just kind of doing my own thing uh, and then eventually gave up and then jumped jumped into another ship and Nightmare joined in and Nightmare popped on to the, to the, the brigantine that we had and I was just kind of hanging out on an island. So he hung out and then Evil Monkey popped in and then Evil Monkey was uh, sailing into a ship that had been commandeered by another crew that we had been sailing around with. See, we'd ran into another brig, and they didn't talk. They didn't say anything, but they weren't hostile towards us, even though they had just recently sunk another ship. So we figured uh, the galleon that they sank must have been the crew that we sank because we were sailing across from Crow's Nest over to, say, Shark Bait, And then we started sailing north towards uh, Golden Sands Outpost. And that's when we saw a brigantine over by Keelhaul Fort sink a galleon. And we're like, okay, well, let's let's go find out if that galleon was the galleon that we sank. And we got over there. They couldn't talk, so we just kind of sailed around for a bit. And then Meg came up, and Meg was uh, doing Meg things, as she always does. And the other crew seemed interested in actually fighting them. So... Mike and CJ left me with the brig, and I sailed around, and then eventually we killed the Megalodon, and they, I gave them our cursed cannonballs because I was planning on logging off, and we took the one the one little item that the galleon uh, had just recently gotten because they had actually respawned down my mermaid's hideaway and were sailing north. Uh, they We went out to the outpost, and we were hanging out, and then the, the, <laughs> the brig crew sank their ship somehow and then took my ship and then started sailing it off, and then they disappeared. So Captain Nightmare spawns in on me. Uh, we, we run over to Golden Sands Outpost, and we're just kind of hanging out. Nothing too major, just chilling, sitting on rocks, and Evil Monkey spawns in and is wondering what's going on because there's a ship, and it's no one else is on it. And uh, there's, there's, well, actually, there was people on it. There was randoms. The, the random brig crew were still on it. And Evil Monkey sitting there looking at these guys on a ship that he spawned in on, wondering where Captain Nightmare and myself are. And they're sailing into the Red Sea. So they start sailing into the Red Sea. The ship sinks. The people leave. And Evil Monkey is very confused. And what's even weirder is the brigantine that had just sank respawned. And it respawned at the outpost. And we, we were just really confused by this. And, and I really can't understand what was going on. But we, we tried an experiment. So we had Evil Monkey take the brig back out to 
Devil's Ridge or not Devil's Ridge, uh, the the Devil Shroud to to sink it again. We wanted to see if you, if you sink it again, and there's two people on the outpost, if it'll respawn at the outpost again. So he's sailing out there, and sure enough, the galleon, the galleon that has been sunk two times already, is now chasing after the brigantine with Evil Monkey alone sailing towards the Red Sea. And it's so, so strange. We eventually, I think he sank that ship. Stuff happened. Lots of weird stuff happened. But we eventually started going around. And as Evil Monkey's sailing into the Red Sea, a sloop spawns at the outpost we're at. And the guy spawns in the tavern. Captain Nightmare and myself decide this is a perfect opportunity for us to get onto the sloop, go up into the crow's nest, and start hanging out in the crow's nest. So we're hiding up in the crow's nest. This guy is not in game chat, and he's hanging out, doing his own thing, getting cannonballs and stocking up and stuff. He doesn't even put a voyage down. He doesn't put any kind of liveries on. He just raises his anchor and starts sailing off. Meanwhile, Captain Nightmare is using emotes and stuff to kind of mess around with him. Uh, or, or not emotes, but pirate chat to kind of mess around with him. And I, I think we stayed on that island. There was a guy... Uh, that joined him at one point and they parked at an island nearby. I want to say it was Lonely Isle and they started drinking and talking in game chat and they were just, they were, they were, they spent probably 15 minutes getting drunk, throwing up on each other and just doing nothing. It was the weirdest thing. They were just sitting around doing nothing, talking to each other and playing a game about how many times they could throw up on each other. So, at this point, this had already been at, at a point where, where the guy came up onto the crow's nests. I jumped down, uh, climbed back up the crow's nest, and the guy didn't notice me. And Captain Nightmare had actually gotten knocked off uh, of the ship. So I was alone on the sloop at that point, listening into all this while Captain Nightmare and Evil Monkey were sailing around doing their own thing. So Captain, Captain Nightmare and Evil Monkey, Monkey is just confused. He doesn't know what's going on. He joined in on something, and there's not really a definitive point as to what is happening with the ship or, or what anyone is planning and doing. But he knows that I'm on a sloop with two guys that are getting sick on each other. And him and Nightmare are just sailing around doing nothing. And it's at that point I decided I wanted to kind of escalate matters. So I dropped the sail on the sloop and it rams into the island that they're parked at. And it starts getting holes in the hull. And these guys are so drunk they can't even they can't bail. They can't repair. And they're freaking out because they know that I'm on the ship. They just don't know where or how I'm doing this. And they, <laughs> they just keep arguing with each other about who should be repairing and why they can't repair because they're too drunk and they can't hold the plank in place long enough. It's insane. So eventually they start sailing around and they get the, they get the ship actually fixed. I'm amazed that they, got the, that they actually kept the ship sailing. And they start sailing towards the wilds. Meanwhile, Evil Monkey and Captain Nightmare have regained a new ship somehow and are now sailing towards me, knowing where I am versus where, where the, the sloop is on, on the map. And I'm just kind of telling them where to head to. And that's when we come across the Kellyan. The Kellyan that we have been fighting for the last few hours. And an extra sloop. So... I'm messing with the sloop. I, I drop down and I, I drop their anchor while they're below deck and they're getting ready. And they're, they are so pumped. They're going to take out these sloops and this brig. They're going to be the best pirates they can be. Not expecting that I'm hiding on the mast, on one of the spars. I'm sleeping on one of the spars. I roll off, drop down to the bottom deck. I slam on their anchor, get them to turn. And now they're just taking full broadsides from the galleon, the brig, and the sloop. It is a four-ship fight in the middle of the wilds just outside of Daggertooth Canyon or Daggertooth Outpost for nothing. 
No one had anything. It was the weirdest thing. Ships sank. People were screaming. Uh, we came out victorious in the end, and eventually we sank the galleon after Captain Nightmare left. Evil Monkey and myself sank the galleon, who only had two people on at that point at Shipwreck Bay because they had actually run aground at Shipwreck Bay. They sailed off, and we followed them. And it was just a it was a weird night. It was just a very very odd night, but it was fun. And I, and I have to say that even even at this point when I don't have much to progress for, I'm waiting for content to drop and there's not much going on in the world, it's nice to know that I can pop on, help other pirates save their loot, and then go mess around with other people playing. It's just, it's amazing. I, you, don't, you don't get this with so many games. There's so many games, it's all about the progression. It's all about leveling. It's quick matches. It's jumping in and getting stuff, leveling yourself up. How often do you get these open world adventure games where you have the freedom to do whatever you want in the game? And it's pirate themed. It's great. I love it. I, I can't say anymore. That's I think that's gonna call it for now. I've got an email and then let's close up this episode. <laughs> Alright, last item on today's docket, I got an email from one of the listeners. It's a new listener, Captain Young. Ahoy! I'm a new listener, I just started yesterday actually, and stumbled across your podcast while looking for Sea of Thieves lore on Spotify. I started listening to the most recent episode to get any information that I wasn't aware of and fell in love with it. I then started listening to earlier episodes for the amazing stories, theories, and ideas. Keep up the good work, and I look forward to future installments. Captain Young, thank you. I appreciate it. It's good to know that Spotify is able to offer another way for other people to listen. If you didn't know, I do have it on Spotify. I have it on Google Play. I have it on iTunes. It's on YouTube even. There's a lot of ways that you can actually listen to the show. And if you're out there and you're listening to the show, thank you. I appreciate it. Do me a favor. Share it with one of your crewmates. Let them know what, what's going on. If they want to keep up to date, if they listen to music on Spotify, if they listen to podcasts, or if they just like being on YouTube and listening to stuff while they're working, there's so many ways you can keep up to date. And I want to commit that I will always give you the best news, the most accurate news, and the most information, as well as fun stories and ideas. Every episode, every week, every Monday, you're going to get this content. So thank Thank you very much, Pirates. I really appreciate it. That's going to do it for this episode of Keel Hall and Pirates. Thank you. I love you. I appreciate it. If you want to get a hold of me like Mr. Young, feel free to do so. You can always reach me on my email at C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. I've had a lot of folks reach out to me on the Xbox app with my gamertag. My gamertag is C-A-P-T-A-I-N-L-O-G-U-N. Everything's Captain Logan. I try to keep it simple for you. Um, I do stream from time to time, but with my work and school schedule right now, I haven't had time. I've been doing a lot of homework uh, mixed in with just the, the short shifts from work. I haven't had the opportunity to really stream. I did get to stream yesterday, Saturday night, with the Frosty Force, and I think there might be some stuff coming down the line with Frosty, so keep an eye out for that. Anyway, that's going to do it, Pirates. I hope you have a good week. Looking forward to Forsaken Shores. Hopefully we get it on the 19th, but if not, it's going to be even better and cleaner whenever we do get it. That being said, Pirates, I love you, and I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves.